When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Folks, it's the midweek edition of College Sports Now. The show hasn't started until we've uh, until we've reached out to the folks out there in podcast land. I'm Stephen Hartzell. He's Michael Serber. We've got Wayne Cook checking in from out west. Uh, our man Phil Steele set to join the show here in about 25 minutes or thereabouts. I anticipate there's going to be some fireworks on today's show. Why, you ask? Well. Wayne's alma mater is ranked in the AP Top 25. Not just the Top 25. They're in the Top 20 for the first time in a calendar year. That's a big deal. Uh, Wayne, you had the nation's attention on Friday night. You did not blow it. Nice win over Washington. And I'm here to hear about it, buddy. Go ahead. I mean, let it rip today. You've earned it. So, yeah. I mean, I've been telling you guys all along. I mean, I I don't even know why anybody's surprised. I've I've been on every... Radio show from Oregon to Utah to, to, to wherever, you know, people want to listen to, to me talk, to the podcast, to, you know, texting you guys on the phone. UCLA's good. And, and not only are, are we a top 20 team, and deservedly so, by the way, um, but the, the little bit of a, of a shock to me, I, I thought our defense was good. I didn't know exactly how good. Man, I'm telling you, Michael Penix was he he was getting harassed. If you, if anybody listening had a chance to watch that game, if we all you, watched the game, Wayne. Everyone if, if listening you don't, watched the if game. If you don't know the story of uh, Liatu Latu, the transfer, the four-star recruit that went to Washington, he medically retired due to some injuries. Um, had a chance to come out of retirement and was cleared and transferred to UCLA. Um, this dude's an NFL guy. He's huge. He's athletic. He's just an absolute. 
he wrecks, he just wrecks stuff. He gets in the way of what you're trying to do. And I think, you know, he's starting to knock the rust off. And, and I will also say this for everybody listening that may don't, may not understand this for, for these athletes that are as good as they are, it, it's a lot easier. You know, people were bagging on UCLA for their schedule. Um, but a lot of people, um, will understand what I'm saying. It's a lot easier for athletes to get up for big time games. Uh, they played like a team that was excited for this game. Um, so to me, um, I thought Dorian Thompson Robinson moved himself into the Heisman watch list. Easy, he buddy. Easy. He's one of the, he's on, one of the best. Court. No, there's no, 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 no. Slow down. Pump you don't the have brakes, to play for, buddy. hey, slow down. You don't have to play for Alabama or Georgia or Oklahoma or any of the schools. I mean, shoot, we put, we put people that transfer out of the elite schools on Heisman lists, even if they don't play well. Caleb Williams can have a bad game up up at Oregon State, and, and nobody even blinks. They're like, oh, yeah, he's still top five for the Heisman. And by the way, he had a great game last weekend, so I'm not knocking him. But Dorian has been good in every game. He's one of the he's, – he's top ten in QBR in the nation. Um, he, he runs. He throws. He does everything. When it's fourth down, he, he completes it. When it's when – it's, third down late in the game and you're either going to run the ball and run out the clock you you pass it and he, he with this it's you know third and five and he gets six yards um he's hurdling people he's running for touchdowns he's throwing for touchdowns so i'm not going to tap the brakes watch him play Wait. like seriously if you put dorian thompson robinson on alabama or georgia and he had been there he would definitely be one of the front runners to win the heisman and i think that's crocka you know what it's absolutely can, annoying can, to me okay. that play. No, no, where you started it, you poked the bear. It bugs me beyond I belief. Your alma that you have to, yeah, I know, but you said tap the brakes, and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he's completing over seventy percent of his passes against air, Wayne. Against against played, Washington. Okay. The week before the game, the he played as he played as good as he's ever played against Washington. The week before that game, all anybody talked about. Was how Michael Penix was a Heisman Trophy guy. How how we had Washington's defense was elite. People were putting him in the playoff. You know that the score was forty to sixteen before no UCLA. No one was kinda, putting Washington in the playoff, Wayne. That no, wasn't people, happening. I heard it. Hey, listen. I know you live back east. People out here were getting extra hyped about it. Okay, so I'm just saying. I'm tired of if you don't play for one of the big time schools. I'm seeing JJ McCarthy in the Heisman list. How does he get in the Heisman watch list when Dorian Thompson Robinson does? I don't know. Tell I'll me. be honest with you, Wayne. I could turn the ball but, and hand it off to Blake Corum 59 times over the last I'm two weeks. I'm just telling okay? you. I could do it, that. It, 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 hey, listen, there's a lot of football left, and, and who knows what's going to happen. Which is, which I'm is just a, over it. I'm okay. over the fact that only players that play for certain teams are going to get recognized. And it's like, and you just mentioned a running back. Like, for, for to me, the fact that we only give it to quarterbacks, you know, why why not eliminate all the quarterback awards and just say that the Heisman is a quarterback award? So, anyway, I, I digress. UCLA yes. played great. They still got to prove themselves against, uh, against Utah. And then, believe it or not, two weeks later after a bye, we get to go to Oregon. So, this is a stretch that's going to have to play out. But um, we're actually seeing that across the country, you guys. There's a lot of schools right now that are that are starting to get knee deep into conference play, and uh, it's pretty exciting because when you have to play back to back to sometimes back to back to back, in some cases back to back to back to back games that are just absolute dogfights, um, it makes it fun. But you no, know, I am pumped up. 
I think that UCLA deserves to be there. I wish Washington State was also in the in the in the top twenty five because I think they deserve it for a, a Pac twelve team that had a good chance of beating Oregon um, as their only loss. I don't know why BYU is ranked ahead of four undefeated teams. I have no idea. They haven't exactly looked spectacular. Well, in we'll my talk. Opinion. We'll talk about that with Phil Steele because BYU is an yeah. underdog at a neutral site against two and two yeah. Notre Dame Saturday. Can I just can we just back up for just a quick second? First of all, I, I pulled this up. It's it's accessible in this day and age. Uh, Heisman Trophy odds as of Tuesday night when we're taping the show, you can get DTR at thirty three to one to win the Heisman. And that's in the same range as guys named Drake May, Sam yep. Hartman, DJ Uyunglele, Jalen Daniels at Kansas. These guys are all in the same range in terms of Heisman Trophy odds. The top. Five guys, six guys are all quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, Stetson Bennett. So, listen, you are a Heisman voter. C.J. Stroud, by the way, okay, go ahead. You're a Heisman voter, Wayne. Why don't you be the change that you wish to see in the world, okay? You don't have to vote for a quarterback. You can vote for a defensive lineman for all I care. I have voted for other than quarterbacks in my tenure. And and one one more quick thing that you kind of casually brushed under the rug there, which, we again, we will talk about when Phil Steele joins the show in about 20 minutes because we run through every game in the top 25, and UCLA is, of course, in that fraternity. Y'all got a game coming up on Saturday, okay? Now listen, I am all here for the praise and the hoopla and the hype. Hey, maybe you guys sold an extra couple thousand tickets at the Rose Bowl. That'd be nice on Saturday, wouldn't it? Here's the deal. You know what? You got punch everybody that brings up the attendance. Here's the deal. It was a great environment on Friday. I know it was in the environment. I actually like the lights. That was new. I didn't think that was coming. Did you know that was coming when they started doing doing like Club Fifty Four? Okay, we did that last year. It's it's a good thing. Like the LSU game was pretty electric last year. Um, it's it's tough because other stadiums hold fifty something thousand people. When UCLA gets forty something, it's, it's too it's, big. It's it, just it doesn't too big. look. It, it is what it is. Here's my thing. It is what it is. Can we just pump the brakes on UCLA and your boy DTR and everything that they've accomplished <laughs> until they can do it on Saturday against Utah? Because no disrespect no, to Washington, no, no, but that was no. a Huskies team that was playing no. outside of Seattle for the first time all year, and it showed, Wayne. It showed. Here's why. Here's why I can't. And this is the, this is, and I'm going to say this for a lot of teams in the country. We tap the brakes on all the teams that that we're not used to being there, and then and then the teams that we're used to being there when they don't play well. Like let's be honest with you, Georgia laid an egg against Missouri. I know the statistics. Yeah, they were better in statistics. Our man Stetson Bennett, who's a Heisman candidate, threw for a ton of yards, but he had zero touchdowns. Yeah, fifty yeah. percent completion too. Not great. Yeah, not great. I mean, like like to me, why? We just pick and choose which people get away with stuff and which people don't. And it's like you could be Texas, and I keep bringing this up, early in the season and lose a game, and you, you move into the top 25. You, it's just – it's almost like the, it's, it's chaos the way they decide all this stuff and they, because they think they know who's going to be good. They think they know who, don't, who, who isn't. And as we're watching the season, we're watching this all unfold. And it's like some teams, if they have a underwhelming a, a, a performance, people – punish them but if other teams have an underwhelming performance we make excuses for them and that's why i'm so excited that at at some point in time in my lifetime we're going to get to this playoff where winning football games is all that matters we get so wrapped up in and i'm going to be honest with you like if you think about ohio state ohio state when they're when they're ahead of teams they usually don't hold up they're going to score 70 
I know people got all worked up about the fake kick and whether or not it was the kicker that decided it or the coach decided it. Either way, it's a classless move in my opinion. But I know there's a million people out there sitting there. There's a million people out there sitting there going, if you don't want to get beat by that much, then get better. Shut up. It's like a high school team with 20 Division One athletes on it playing against a team that has none. And you're scoring 100 points? You're a jerk if you do that. That's not cool. It goes against what we're supposed to be doing in sports. So, yeah, some teams get carried away. They, they run up the score, and everybody's like, oh, look at how great they are. But winning games is what should matter. That should be the most important thing. If you win a game and you move on, like a lot of people, I guarantee it, they're going to see the score of UCLA, and they're going to see that they won by eight. Washington came back and scored 24 points at the end of the game. And it, 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 UCLA should have done a better job. But they kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit. and, and But it was, when it was 40-16, to 16, it was an absolute ass-whooping. I mean, they could not but do anything get it with UCLA. Get Wayne, UCLA is ranked now. Like, I don't get what my, your beef but is. But my point the Pac-12, is, is – Hang on a second. Hey, hang on. The Pac-12 has more ranked teams than any other conference besides the SEC right now. Everything is very evenly balanced. Teams aren't being disrespected at this point. We finally gotten to a point where people who deserve to be ranked are. And now, hey, Kansas, prove it. You know what I mean? Like you've got undefeated TCU coming. Think we've got to get off this train of like the AP top. The season is starting to work it out. Like, don't worry about it. Stop getting so freaked out. This is too much talk radio, sir. No, 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 no. So, so this is this is like you're you're right. You're right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. But I put the piece away, man. Hey, I'm gonna make this last little point. I'm tired of the idea, though, and I agree with what you just said. I really do. I'm tired of the, oh, we'll wait till next week. Now they're going to prove it. And then you know what's going to happen as soon as UCLA if they beat Utah? Oh, just wait till they play Oregon. It, it's always another test, another test, another test, instead of just embracing the fact that I agree with you. The Pac-12 is having a good year. It's going to work itself out because I say this every year. The conferences right now, and I think, Cerber, you just made an awesome point. I truly believe that at this point in time in our history of college football, the NIL – and the unintended consequences has leveled the playing field. A lot of the depth that used to be at programs that were elite, like that you would recruit all the four- and five-star guys, and some of those guys would actually be on your bench so that when you had injuries, now those guys are sitting there going, why am I going to sit here and wait for three years when I could transfer? You know, I mean, I'm just being, I mean, UCLA is riddled with guys that came from Washington or Michigan or, you know, different schools around the country that are Notre Dame, like really good schools, um, Texas A&M. We've got guys from all of those places that are actually Duke that are contributing and are really good football players. So what's happening right now is you're not stockpiling athletes at these schools as much as you used to. And I, I truly believe that there's more parity in college football right now. At least it seems that way. And it also gives programs, you mentioned Kansas, an opportunity when you get a good coach to go out and bring in some players to where you don't have to have that four or five years to rebuild a program. You can do it a little bit quicker. And then once you start winning games, you're going to have an uptick in recruiting. Now players are going to say, you know what? I'm going to take that recruiting trip to that school that I wouldn't normally take because they win two or three games every year. And so, like, I think that's a great point. So I'm done. I I, I really am. I appreciate you giving me a chance, but it was your fault, Hartzell. You you just you tapped because Dorian Thompson Robinson deserves to be a Heisman candidate at this point.
Okay. I totally believe All right. that. All right, very good. You know what it is? I, it's not that you're tired of teams getting disrespected or players getting disrespected, Wayne. I think you're just tired. I mean, you're 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 about to be six weeks into the season. You've had no bye week. All right, it's coming. It's on the horizon. You get one after Utah before you got to go to Autzen. Listen, man, it, it it's coming. Yeah, you know, like the halfway mark is 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 rapidly approaching, and and I think you need it, buddy. I mean, listen, you know Wayne. What, man? We, all all the great ones go through it, man. I mean, look at Tom Brady and Giselle right now. <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, the, the guy's got six come rings. On. The guy's got six rings. He threw away his marriage so he could come back and play the Falcons and the Panthers, for God's sakes. What are oh you doing, bro? Gosh. You got a Victoria's Secret supermodel at home, and you want to come back and hang out with these bozos? Like, listen, Wayne, we all make mistakes in life, man. So, like, I'm willing to, like, I'm willing to just let it slide. Like, we're boys here. It's all right. It's okay. You know I'm just trying to get you triggered, buddy. You guys played your ass off against Washington. That's great. But you've got the champs coming into town. It's a big deal. The stakes get higher. You know how this goes. 2-0. You know nice start. 3-0. 4-0. 5-0. Ranked in the top 20. You know how this goes, Wayne. These kids are reading their clippings. So, so no, no. So, so here's what's fun. And, 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 and you'll see this. So this is kind of tying into what I'm talking about, too. So let's just say UCLA splits one of the next two, the next two weeks. Or next three weeks, I guess, because there's a buy in there. So you split Utah and Oregon. Oregon's on the road. But you play really well against both of them. I've, I said this going in, and, and I'm sorry, UCLA people. I, I want UCLA to win every game and go undefeated. That's what I want. That's what I, that's what I root for every year. But if you were to go through the gauntlet, and, and again, this is for every, every fan base out there, and you sit there and you have three games or four games in a row of just top 25 or, or even teams just outside the top 25 that are conference opponents. Some of those games are on the road, really challenging schedules and you, and you slip up and lose one of them, but it's a good game. You know, you lose by a field goal at the end of the game or maybe by a touchdown. And it was a game going into the fourth quarter. You still have a chance in, in, in college football to end up in your championship game. We've seen it in the SEC, right? We've seen it with Alabama or Georgia. You still have a chance to get back into that, and if you win that game, you still have a chance at going to a playoff. Like, for me, all I want is I want that every team in the nation, when they're going through, I want the the reality, the unbiased. Like, when, when certain teams lose, it's almost like the powers that be are scurrying to try to figure out a way how they're still going to get a chance to get back into the playoff picture. And we see it every year, you guys. I'm not making this up. As soon as somebody that's not supposed to lose, loses, we it, it, the next day, oh, but they could still make the playoff. And other teams do that. And it might even be the first game of the year, which, by the way, is a lie. Because, you know, Utah lost at the beginning of the year. And trust me, if they went out, they're going to be a playoff team. The Pac-12 has been good enough this year. Now, them winning out is going to be a huge challenge after they lose this weekend, so it's not going to happen. But my point is is that I do think that in this current system, it, it's flawed because some team get, it gets a better opportunity to get back into it even after they slip up than others. And I, and I just don't – I don't think that's, that's good. If you, if you can get back in it and win your conference championship, you should be able to get back in, in, into the playoff picture. And, I, and most of the times, that's going to be the case. So you don't think it's fair for a team like Georgia, who's the reigning national t- champs, or a team like Alabama, who's won six national championships in the playoff and BCS mm-hmm. era. You don't yep. think a team like that has built up enough equity nope. to, to... Okay. All right. No, and, and because because every year's unique. Like, how many players did Georgia lose to the draft? Uh, I believe it's 16. 
I mean, so so they're playing with a new team right now, and right, and, and so to me, they've been really really good. But again, if you if you watched any of the Missouri game, I mean, they were losing, right? They they I mean, didn't score a touchdown for the first yeah, fifty six minutes it, of the game. And who knows? I mean, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but if all you're doing is basing everything, and I know a lot of smart people will say that I'm full of it, but if we're playing to win your conference and you're playing to win a championship in your conference, and then because you win, you're, if you're one of the power – I've always said this. If you're a champion of one of the power five conferences, which are all different every year, some of these 14-team conferences don't even sniff the better teams in, in their conference play. They, they, have a, they just don't play some, – some divisions – are way better than others. We know that. Some people have an easier path. But if you if, if at the end of the day, you beat the other best team in your conference that's a Power 5 conference, all five of those teams should go to a playoff. Well, The four-team four playoff has always been a farce, in my opinion. Wait. And I don't care if you've lost two games. I don't care. If you win your conference, because all conferences are different. And what I'm talking about is I don't want to go on equity. I want to go on what you're doing this year. Every year is different. Every single year is different. I, I hear what you're saying. The playoff is going to expand. You're going to have 12 teams. You're going to have a handful of at-larges. And there is a very real chance that a one or two loss runner-up or, hell, even third-place team who didn't go to a conference championship game is going to be in that at-large conversation. So, you're, you know, your wish, it's it's going to come to fruition, man. Like, I'm not sitting here saying the SEC is going to be the best college football conference in America 20 years from now. It probably will be, but it may not be. You never know. Well, we don't we don't have any idea. Like 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 we didn't know. I mean, like right now, I mean, Oklahoma seems like they've been like on top of the of the Big Twelve forever, right? And it's now it's it doesn't look that way. It looks like they're gonna have to struggle a little bit and rebuild and you know, it's 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 hard. It's it's hard to do this, but you never know what's gonna happen. You don't know what's gonna happen when Oklahoma and Texas go to the SEC. They might get destroyed, swallowed up, but they might end up rising up, being really, really good. I, I just think that every year is his own unique animal. Yeah, we know the certain teams are always going to be there because they recruit so well, but it's still. I, I, I don't think we should be basing on the last ten years. I don't think that should matter. I really don't. So whatever, it, it is what it is. It's it's fun to talk about. I get fired up. I can't wait till the 12, 12, 12 team payoff because you know. That the Power Five conferences, their champion's going to get in every year, even though I think isn't it the top four are guaranteed, and then after that it's like the highest ranked or something like that. But they're all going to get in. If you want in one of the Power Five, I and mean, we might not even have a Power Five then, correct? We might be moving on to super we, conferences. We may have we a Power know. Four. We may have. I mean, yeah. I don't know. The Big Twelve, ACC, Pac Twelve is is looking a little dicey these days. So yeah, you never know. You never know. By the way, I mean, listen, man, the Sun Belt could be coming for blood by then. You never know. You guys almost lost to South Al. So got, what's their JMU record now? Sitting out what's, there. What South Al? Aren't they four think, and one? Yeah, I think they 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 picked up an L. Yeah, they picked up an L. But you still no, got they, JMU did they, did out they there. Lose this you got, last weekend? You got Marshall knocking off Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, you got App State knocking off Texas A&M. It's college football, man. Stuff gets crazy. By the way, you're not that far from Las Vegas. You know, you could just drive through no. the desert, put a C note down on your boy DTR to win the Heisman, and just let this thing ride, man. You never know. He's really good, you guys. I, I've never, you know, you've heard me on this show for years, and I don't want to get carried away because we'll talk about quarterbacks later, but. He, he, he's doing things. You know, I like talk about footwork and timing. He, he does things now that I never thought he was going to do. I underestimated his, his, his ability to grow. I, I, I underestimated his swagger. Like I've, I've watched too many quarterbacks that like, um, they're kind of the same. They, they never really improve 
from four or five years ago when he started and, and all the mistakes he made to what he's doing now, I just, no matter where we're at in a game, I just feel confident. Like, it used to be in the old days, if we had a bad play on first down, we never got a first down. Now it seems like we get it every time. He just, and, and it's, he's including the outside receivers this year, and he, he was more of a tight end slot guy before. It's just, to me, it's, it's, it's fun to watch a quarterback develop and grow. And, and there's, there's, there's a lot of quarterbacks around the nation that they're kind of the same person they are when they graduate that they were when they entered the game. And, and that shows me that they're not being coached real well. And, and two, that they're not the type of player that wants to learn and get better. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get off. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's going to have a good game every week, but I'd be shocked if he doesn't because he's that good. Well, I'm not a uh, I'm not a guy who's paid seven figures a year to coach football, obviously. But if I was a part of that UCLA staff, I'd, I'd pull up the Florida tape from week one. And I would I, I think DTR is more than capable of executing some of the things yeah. that Billy Napier drew up against Utah for Anthony Richardson. And I would say, hey, D, hey, buddy, it, go to work. Like, like, there's no reason you can't do this. I'm not saying yeah. you need to be able to burn them with your legs. I mean, the speed, some of the defensive meltdowns in that game for Utah. I mean, they still haunt me, candidly. You saw a little bit of it. No, you saw a little bit of it against Oregon State, too. Oregon State just has no quarterback. If Oregon, if Oregon State had a quarterback, they'd actually be pretty good. They just don't have a quarterback. They they, they could run the ball on Utah. Like, like. I think UCLA offensively can can move the ball. I just I just I worry about the other side of the ball. Cam Rising is another quarterback that nobody's talking about. That's really good. Like, yeah, he's really good. They're gonna miss Keithy though. I mean, they they are got gonna the, miss they've him. Got they've got, the got another tight, tight end, end that's really yep. good. Yep. But you're he's right. fine. He's fine. But you need you need multiple weapons. Like Keithy's a stud. The yeah. kid Bobo for UCLA. He's really good, right? The, the Duke transfer. He's like six five. He's lanky. Love I mean, he catches everything. Yep. Yeah, great. You need like two more guys. Like you need you need complementary pieces. Like you need a guy in the slot. You need some dudes that are going to balance yeah. it out when you when you yep. get that number one corner locked in on Bobo. I, look, no, we've look, got it. No, no, no. Camp Brown, Texas A&M transfers having a really good year right now. Uh, uh, Mokiao Atamalala, he's a transfer from one of the Florida schools, I believe. He's he's doing really well. Like trust me. I, I listen. I'm 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 so. I mean, I know I don't want to make this a UCLA show because there's so much more to talk about. But but I mean, they're loaded at the skill positions on the outside. They're a little thin after Charbonnet at running back, and that could be an issue if anything ever happens to him. Because um, I don't. I think there's a big drop off there. Well, you were an underdog against Washington, and by the way, I I, I did pick on our, on on our Friday show with Felder. We pick an underdog every week called "That's My Dog" that we think is going to win the game, straight up. So I had UCLA last week. May go back to the well again Saturday. You're an underdog against Utah. And you'll be an underdog when you go to Austin to play Oregon on October 22nd. So Maybe not. Just just depending on what happens this weekend. Yeah. Right? Like, if, if UCLA knocks off Utah, that probably changes things. No, I don't think it changes and Oregon, things. I don't know who Oregon plays this week. Do they have a tough game? Oregon hosts uh, – no, I'm sorry. They're at Arizona. They go to the desert. Yeah, you know what? Arizona's not going to be a pushover. But yeah, Oregon, no, Oregon they're not, they are not a pushover. They're a fun team. Yeah. <sighs> I want to ask. I know we're we're getting close to Phil, but I I, I just want um, Cerber to perk up a little bit. Um, when when after Phil, I want to ask him about what's happening with 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 Venables and the and the Oklahoma defense. That's not my problem. You, it, it, I know it's. I, <laughs> That's not my problem. Wes Goodwin was clearly the mastermind of Clemson's defense um, because <laughs> everything's going just fine in Death Valley. I honestly, I'm glad he's gone. Uh, I'm glad he's gone. Do, do you know what's funny? Does, I'm did, glad did we you got ever his little think, minion instead. 
Did you ever think that the whole having like a handler that had to pull him back off the field like 24 times a game or 100 times Never. a game? I love that. Was a show? You like that? No, not at all. I think that guy is insane. I think Brent Venables is because uh, for me he's a crazy the, person. I think yeah. his brain is. Uh, it's you know how people say like oh he they're wired differently. I think Brent Venables is unwired. I think that yeah. is the difference between Unhinged. him and everyone else. <laughs> Um, you know, it's funny, it's funny, but don't, don't you think that some there. coaches he love have, to the have the camera on them? Yeah, I right. don't think he's that guy because he wasn't a big talker. I, like to be at Clemson as long as he was, you can't be one of the coaches that love to have the camera that's on true. yourself. Yeah, because Dabo true. is taking up yeah all that camera true. time. <laughs> Listen, if you okay. if you've been if you have been consuming this podcast since we kind of fired things back up in August, I mean. I'm 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 the guy who's sitting back here in the in the early stages of October with my feet up about Venables and Oklahoma saying I told you so. I yeah. just it, it's not a god given that you're just going to roll out there every year and be the class of the Big 12. You've dropped two in a row. You're an underdog to Texas in the Red River, what is it? Showdown rivalry <sighs> shootout. Yeah, I mean you're you're staring three straight losses in the face. I don't know what Dylan Gabriel's status is, but he did not look good yeah. when he got he hit did. in the head. That was a cheap shot. That was a dirty play by the TCU defender. Uh, but still, I mean, you know, and I hope Gabriel's going to be okay. Oklahoma was getting their shit kicked in before the injury to Dylan yeah. Gabriel. I mean, TCU was yeah. running all over those fools. So TCU is really good this year. I like TCU. As a matter of fact, the Big Twelve is a fun conference. Really yeah. fun conference. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. I'll tell you what. Uh, why don't Why don't we run through some top twenty-five games, shall we? We got our man Please. Phil Steele in the house with us. We talk to him every week. He is the author of the Phil Steele College Football Preview Magazine. Our good friend Phil Steele. Phil, happy October, my friend. How was uh, how did Week Five treat you last Saturday? Oh, Week Five is uh, it was interesting. I'll tell you that much. Wayne has to be a happy man. Uh, he's he's angry. I mean, he, he, I, you he's know happy, what? I'm not. But he's still angry. Well, because he keeps he keeps poking me, Phil. He's like, tell you. I said I said Dorian Thompson Robinson would be a Heisman candidate, and he he just went off on me. But I, I've got to ask you this, Phil. To be honest with you, um, we're starting to get a clearer picture, right? I mean, we're we're reaching a point where we're we're starting to see the 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 pictures evolve. But we're I mean, obviously, we're going to learn more when we're going through, through conference play. But you're starting to see the teams that are kind of starting to rise to the top. Some of the surprises, but also maybe some of the teams that weren't maybe as good as we thought. Yeah, no doubt about it. Except for the Big Twelve and the uh, Big Ten West, those two are just wide open and and up in the air. Anybody can have those conferences. But, yes, for the rest of the country, uh, Clemson, I think, has now asserted itself in the ACC. Yeah. Uh, you look at the fact they just took on their two biggest challengers in the division uh, and knocked them both off. So I think Clemson's pretty much in the driver's seat there. We see Alabama and Georgia clearly in driver's seat, Ohio State, Michigan. So uh, it, it is starting to definitely clear up. Hey, Phil, I'm curious to get your take on some teams that are that are very highly ranked as we kind of flip the calendar over to October that were nowhere to be found when we started the season. Teams like a Tennessee, teams like a TCU, a Kansas. I mean, you go on down the line, you got Ole Miss in the top 10. I mean, how do you evaluate teams like that where the rise has just been so, has been so fast, it's been so quick? How do you keep up with that? Well, you know, I thought with Tennessee that with their offense, they had pretty much got a puncher's chance in every single game this year. 
And uh, I thought they had the opportunity for 10 or 11 wins. If they can win this one in Death Valley, then they definitely deserve to be up there. And they're very high in my power ratings. In fact, in my average game grades, uh, which have no starting point, they only take into account who you play, the yards, and the, the points in the games. And it has nothing to do with your own rating. They're at number five in the country right now at 114.0. Got a couple of impressive wins against both Pitt and Florida. So I, I like them. Old Miss, when I was doing the magazine, I looked at their schedule and said, it's a team that could open up 7-0. and Now the schedule's going to get a lot tougher for them in November. I don't think they're a legitimate contender to Alabama, but are they a legitimate ranked team? I would say yes, they are. Are we ready to start games there? I know you're you're pausing for me. Let's let's just start. Let's start early. Let's start Michigan at Indiana. I I mean, Michigan hasn't really had a lot to deal with so far, and I have a feeling this is going to be another nice win for them, Phil. Yeah, it should be comfortable. Uh, I am concerned it's a big flat spot for them. They're coming off that Iowa game, which Harbaugh had them well prepared for. Yep. They've got a big game against Penn State on deck. Indiana can be a scrappy team. Uh, you know, I know they lost to Nebraska last week, but it was 21-21. Cincinnati got a late touchdown after they were stopped on downs. I think the spread's appropriate at 21 in this game. That's about where Michigan should be favored in a potential letdown spot. And they're definitely going to get uh, Indiana's A game here. So a uh, situation favors Indiana, but the talent is definitely on Michigan's side. Hey, Phil, just to follow up, is Michigan a playoff team? Are they going to lose out to Ohio State? You think they, they're going to compete for that this year? Yeah, I would still put Ohio State a double-digit favorite at home playing with yeah, revenge. Okay. I think uh, last year Michigan's advantage over Ohio State was at the line of scrimmage. Ohio State's defense wasn't very good, and their offensive line wasn't as good as Michigan's. I think Michigan still has the offensive line, but I'm going to give Ohio State's defense vastly improved. The fact they're at home and they're playing with revenge, I would still make Ohio State a double-digit favorite in that game. Yep. Phil, I'm going to save the SEC noon games for Wayne because he loves that conference so much. I, I want to ask you about TCU and Kansas. You you have an angle that you've brought up on this show before, Phil, about teams that aren't used to being ranked in the top 25 having to deal with the fact that they're in the top 25. Kansas is dealing with that. And, oh, by the way, college game day is in town Saturday. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of distractions. And, yes, teams that are never in the top 25 that pop into it, uh, all of a sudden uh, end up losing that first game. I would counter that, though, with this one. Uh, and it's that I like to play on streaks. And when you play on a streak, you can win many times and you lose only once. Jalen Daniels took over as a starting quarterback for Kansas with three games to go last year. They upset Texas, nearly upset TCU, and nearly upset West Virginia. A perfect 3-0 and against the spread. This year, they're a perfect 5-0 and against the spread. Uh, I went against them with Duke. Uh, two weeks ago, plus the seven, and they won that game by eight. They still covered again last week with Iowa State missing three field goals. So eight straight, eight games that Jalen Daniels started, eight spread wins. So that streak might just offset the uh, first-time ranking in the AP. Uh, I think that's going to be a great game and really tell us which one of the two teams is going to be a contender in the Big 12. We'll go back to the SEC game that that Hartzell uh, skipped, and and I got to be honest, I do not hate the SEC. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm rooting for Tennessee to get back. I think they may already be back to being a player in this because I, I I just love the colors. I love what Tennessee is. When I was playing, they were great. Uh, LSU has creeped back into the top 25 and seemed like they're starting to play some better football. Um, Tennessee at LSU should be a really good one. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it will be a really good one. Death Valley. Now, it's a noon kickoff. So, you know, LSU, they're almost unbeatable at home at night. But those noon kickoffs, uh, not quite as intense of a crowd. But uh, I've been more impressed with Tennessee this year. You go back to the Auburn game last week. That thing's 17 nothing Auburn. Auburn, by the way, finished with a 438-270 to yard edge in the game. Uh, they just made a bunch of mistakes and some turnovers. And uh, that main turnover, the one that really turned the game around, was the uh, attempted pass that they ruled the fumble and was to return for a touchdown, made it 17-7, got LSU back in the game. Uh, I think Tennessee has got a potent enough offense to stay ahead of LSU's offense in this and win it on the road. They played in a pretty hostile environment at Pitt. Uh, I think they're capable of going to get the road up, the road win here. Uh, they're a slight favorite. I'll, I'll take Tennessee in that one. All right, good stuff. Let's keep it rolling, Phil. Another noon game in the SEC, 11 a.m. local kick in Starkville. No rest for the weary. Arkansas has got to go on the road. they got to play another ranked team, the meat of this schedule, after coming off the Alabama and A&M games. Uh, Mississippi State sitting around like an eight-point favorite. Bulldogs are in the top 25. What's your read on this one, Phil? Yeah, and I think when you look at Arkansas, it's sort of setting up like last year. I mean, they got off that impressive start, then they lost three games, then they went 5-1 and one down the stretch. This would be the third game, third loss, right? But uh, I think it's going to depend on K.J. Jefferson. You give me a 100% K.J. Jefferson, and he plays in this game, I think Arkansas has a clear upset possibility. I know Ole Miss can throw the foot, or Mississippi State can throw the football. I know Arkansas has had a, a bad pass defense the first three weeks of the year, but they can get a pass rush. They've got 21 sacks. They can control the football running it. They've got Sanders. And if K.J. Jefferson's there, then he gives you that pass rush ability as well. Uh, you know, he can run the ball. He can also pass. He's got 9-1 ratio. And the Hogs are always deadly as a dog. I think Pittman's something like 6-2 and two is an away dog. So as long as K.J. Jefferson's playing, I like Arkansas plus the points in that one to potentially even pull the upset. Love it. Let's stay in the SEC. We got Georgia coming off of a, a Missouri game that wasn't their finest. I know statistically they were better, but that was a kind of an ugly game, and, and who knows what to think of Auburn. Um, the number's really big. Does Auburn have a chance to keep it close, or is Georgia going to be angry in this one? I thought Georgia was going to be angry last week. I mean, they, it was 39-22 against Kent State. Kirby Smart was in where he does best, which is an away favorite. And there they are sweating bullets, just pulling out the game, win at the end of the game against one of the SEC's weakest teams. Uh, now he's back in a role that he really struggles in. He's about a 35 40% play as a home favorite already this year. Only beat Sanford by 33, only beat Kent State by 17. And this Auburn team, I, I still think they're underrated. You go back to that Penn yeah, State game, they had the yardage edge, first down edge in the first half. Last week against LSU, they led 17 nothing. They had a 438-396 yard edge. I like the way that Robbie Ashford has developed at the quarterback position, threw for over 300 yards. He's also a dangerous runner. you got to like Bigsby and Hunter in the backfield. And the defense plays well. So I think Auburn clearly has the talent that they can stay under the number in this yeah. one against Georgia. I, I am curious, Phil, at how this – you know, the, this Auburn situation, the uncertainty at, at with Brian Harson and, 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 you know, his role as, as the head coach of this team. Like, how how does that factor into your handicap of a team and, and like like Auburn that, you know, yes, it's a rivalry game, but you look at what they've done the last two games, like zero points in the second half against Missouri and LSU. Like, it's just, I feel like it's buyer beware with these guys. Uh, I would agree. It's not going to be one of my top plays for the week just because of that, just because of the situation where, <laughs> 
Auburn has a bye coming up in two weeks. You're thinking, okay, they're, they probably might just let Harson go after those two weeks. But talent-wise, they can definitely stay with Georgia. So, you know, last week against LSU, I had a minor play on Auburn, plus the points. They did. I mean, they were up 17-0. It looked great. Then they ended up losing the game. I think they could stay with Georgia here. I don't think there's that much of a talent differential. And Georgia's never been a great home favorite. Okay, main event. Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 local time, Utah, UCLA, Phil, take it away. I mean, unbiased breakdown of this game, which is something that Wayne couldn't do the first 30 <laughs> minutes of the show today. First of all, I'm going to tell you how impressed I was with Utah last week. I mean, that thing was, uh, what, what was the score, 40-17 to 17 in the fourth quarter? 40-16, yeah, to 16, yeah. Yeah, 40-16, to 16, and Washington got a couple of late scores. I love the way they ran the football, uh, 184 yards, and DTR – just look great. And, you know, defensively, that's a pretty potent Washington team. And most of the, a lot of their yards came late in the game. So I was very impressed with what UCLA did. Now, Utah probably going to travel better. Remember, they just played here in the Rose Bowl for the Rose Bowl and practically brought the whole city with them. They, had, uh, they actually almost, I think they had the crowd edge on Ohio State, which is almost unthinkable. So I think we're going to see a lot of Utah fans here. And ever since that Florida loss, Utah has just been, dominate folks i mean they're a perfect 4-0 straight up and against the spread they can run the football with thomas and glover cam rising is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the country with a 13-2 ratio and that defense is outstanding so i think it's gonna be a great game uh, i've been on the utah bandwagon though each of the last couple of weeks so i'm gonna stay with utah on this one to win it on the road and i, I think they might have a, a real good crowd here at ucla yeah. but it should be a heck of a game I uh, I don't I, I have no problems, Phil. I love your I love your opinions. I, I I would probably lean a different direction, but I'm with you. Utah's been really really good, and I am a huge Cam Rising fan. I think he not only did he he play for my high school, but he's um he stiff arms guys. He runs through guys. He can throw it. He's he, you know he lost one of his best best weapons in his tight end, but um, they're really good. And if you like offensive football, both these quarterbacks are really really good. Um, a team that hasn't been good this year, Phil, Michigan State. I mean, they have absolutely looked horrible. Uh, Ohio State, I know the numbers, you know, around 26, or I don't know if that's the updated number, but I'm looking at this going, I know it's on the road, but Ohio State, I don't know how Michigan State's going to stop them. Uh, I, I agree with you 100% there, Wayne. And, you know, in the magazine, I, I pointed out that last year Michigan State was – probably one of the fake teams in the country because in the Big Ten, they were actually outgained by 63 yards per game. Generally, if you do that in Big Ten play and you play nine games, you're probably three and six. Somehow this team ended up 11 and two and in the top 10 last year, and now they're being exposed. And go back to that Washington game, two garbage touchdowns at the end. The Minnesota game, 34 nothing garbage yeah. touchdown at the end. So three of their touchdowns in these games have been late when the game is out of reach and then go back to last year's game when these two played in Columbus. I don't, I think Ohio state would have scored a hundred if the game would have gone, if they would have played their starters in the second half, it was 49 to nothing at the half. Ohio state had a 500 to 116 yard edge. Michigan state is one of the nation's worst pass defenses. Ohio state's got one of the nation's best pass offenses. Ohio State's defense is getting better every week. They got their new defensive coordinator. Each week they get better. Uh, they're allowing just 264 yards per game, holding the points to 141 yards below their season average. 
Uh, I don't think that they take the foot off the gas pedal. And this one could be just like last year where Ohio State's winning this thing by 35, 40 points <laughs> at the half, and you get yourself an easy cover. I'm laying the lumber there, Wayne. Yep. Phil, take me to the Big 12. Oklahoma State coming off a real nice win at Baylor. Didn't see it coming. They, they've risen to number seven in the polls, laying nine and a half at home to a Texas Tech team that uh, you know has shown that you know they're capable of pulling some upsets this year. Any read on this one in Stillwater? Yeah, Ohio or Oklahoma State did impress me last week. I thought Baylor was going to win that game. Uh, I like Baylor in that one, and, and Oklahoma State came in and almost led start to finish. Now, uh, Texas Tech last week always struggles with Kansas State. K-State's got a great pass D, always stops them. They had a great record in the series. Texas Tech's actually got the great record in the series this year. Uh, they've won five of the last six games against the spread uh, in the series. But last year when these two met, uh, Oklahoma State took on a pretty hot quarterback in Donovan Smith. Smith, the previous week against Iowa State, uh, had put up two, 322 yards passing. They are at home against Oklahoma State, so I thought they had a shot. They got shut out. It was like their first shutout loss in 323 games. So Oklahoma State also matched up well against Donovan Smith, a guy that's got an 11-7 ratio, can't make mistakes. And speaking of mistakes, that's something Spencer Sanders is not doing this year. Right. Last year, uh, a lot of the times Oklahoma State got in trouble was when Sanders was tossing multiple interceptions. He only has two so far this year. So I, I was against Oklahoma State last week, but they proved to me how good they are. They're at home. That crowd's always rabid. I'm going to go with the Cowboys at home to get this one. Nice. Let's go back to the Pac-12, Phil. Uh, Washington State's one of those teams sitting there with one loss. We know that they had a chance against Oregon, actually played really well, and it kind of slipped away late. Uh, USC has been good. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That offense and Caleb Williams, every time you feel like you're going to tackle him, he, he's so strong, he just gets away and, and scrambles or throws the ball. Um, but I'm still not sure. I, I mean, I know they're number six, but I have a, a sneaky suspicion that Washington State's going to hang in there and make this a game. Uh, I'm going to go with USC in this one to win by more than the two touchdowns. Uh, when you look at the Trojans, their offense has been spectacular. Now, last week they only had 331 yards, a little disappointing against a bedraggled Arizona State team, but they were a massive favorite for that. Here they're taking on a, a Washington State team that's 4-1. and one. But go back and look at that Wisconsin game. They got out first down 22-10. to 10. You go back and look at the Oregon game. Prior to that final drive, they were actually outgained 624 to 350. Uh, and then they got a 75 yard for a touchdown with two seconds to go in the game. Oregon settled for too many field goals, gave up the 95 yard interception, returned for a touchdown. I think if they're outgained two to one or out first down two to one by USC here, USC will make, show it'll show on the scoreboard. You look at the scoreboard, it's going to be a USC 21, 24, 28 point win. So I like USC minus the points. I think USC is a legitimate contender in the Pac 12. And as good as Washington State looked at home against Cal last week, they did look good. Uh, against the biggest teams they face, they haven't looked that good. So I'm going to go with gotcha. the Trojans. That, that's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, Phil, any value in Clemson on the road at Boston College? It's a night game. It's in Chestnut Hill. That place, I mean, it it can Red be bandana. it can be a dangerous place. I didn't know it was the Red Bandana game. Okay, so so that right there seems like an auto play on BC. It's a three touchdown spread. Yeah, you know, in BC last week, their problem has been the offensive line. 
with no offensive line, they've had zero offense. And Phil Dracovic's been running for his life. They took on a good pass rushing team in Louisville last week, and they actually got a bunch of big plays. Dracovic hit a, a couple of deep passes. They got one big run. It was big plays that did it, but the offense got moving. They put up 454 yards, uh, even though just 17 first downs. But uh, the mismatch of the game is Clemson's D-line, best in the country, against a Boston College offensive line that's got two defensive tackles in there and zero returning starters from last year. But the situation, a red bandana game, you automatically say Boston College. And then how about Clemson? The two biggest games on their schedule, arguably, were Wake Forest and NC State. And if you've got one big game left in conference play, it's next week against Florida State. Talk about flat spot. This is it. So I would have to lean with the situation uh, in Boston College plus the huge points here. But I'm a little nervous that if Clemson's defensive line absolutely dominates their offensive line, it could be like that Florida State game where they were trailing 31 nothing at the half. But I would, since it's a red bandana game, I'm going to lean with BC. Washington uh, is, is still in the top 25, Phil. And I actually, after watching them play, I actually think they're they're, they're still a, a solid team. I love their receivers. I, I think that uh, quarterback's good. I, I think they're good. And I don't know what to think Arizona State, to be honest with you. I know some people stumble when they go to the desert. Um, I imagine Washington's going to bounce back and get a win here. I think the number's at 14. What do you think? Yeah, I think Washington definitely wins the game. The big question is, can they cover the game? Xavier uh, Valaday starting to run the football well, and I loved what he did at Wyoming. Emory Jones is looking better at the quarterback position, and they gave USC a closer game than they thought than I thought they would last week. But you touched on it. Michael Penix, 16-3 ratio. He's got McMillan, Dunsey, and Polk. Remember last year, Washington at the start of the year was missing all the receivers for like the first four games of the season. Now we see what a good quarterback can do with good receivers. And, of course, Kalen DeBoer's offense helps out a lot. The defense got shredded a little bit last week, but UCLA's potent. Uh, I got to go with Washington to go on the road and, and get that win, probably by over two touchdowns against yeah. an Arizona State team that, you know, at interim head coach. You wonder, you wonder where their heads are right now. Uh, Phil, we go back to uh, we go back to the SEC. South Carolina at Kentucky. Uh, Cats coming off a loss at Ole Miss. I mean, two Will Levis fourth quarter fumbles. I think both of them were in the red zone too. Now they host South Carolina. It's in Lexington. It's a night game. It's a pretty cheap price for the Cats. It's like 10, 10 and a half. Does it do anything for you? Yeah, I, I think South Carolina could give them a game, but I definitely like Kentucky to win it. And probably if I was going to bet the game, uh, I would bet Kentucky just because you've got Rodriguez back. I know it didn't have an impact last week, and the offensive line is still shaky. I mean, they've given up 19 sacks even last week. They only averaged 2.9 yards per carry with Rodriguez. But South Carolina might just give him that run game because three times this year they've given up over 200 yards rushing and over five yards per carry. And if they, if they can get the run game going, then I think Kentucky can, can really get rolling. Now, Rattler last week had two interceptions. But if you're watching the South Carolina State game, both interceptions were beautiful passes. They just bounce off the receiver's hands. So his 4-7 ratio is probably not indicative of the way Spencer Rattler is playing. I do think South Carolina is talented. They'll give Kentucky a game, but I, I would lean the, the slightest way with Kentucky in that one. All right, Phil, we got a couple of independents here, a game that uh, I'm still not sure about either one of these teams, to be honest with you. BYU, I'm questioning if they're really the 16th best team in the nation. I know Oregon kind of 
kind of whooped them and, and a couple of those other games maybe were a little closer than they should have been. And Notre Dame, I'm just not sure yet. Uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think the, the spread's perfect for this. The game's in Vegas. <laughs> Notre Dame's about a four-point favorite for this one, and, and that's where I had the number. I think Notre Dame's a little bit better team. Uh, you've got two really good defenses. Notre Dame's better. I mean, Notre Dame's holding the points to 136 yards below their season average. They've held North Carolina to a season low. They held Ohio State to a season low. They had California to a season low. So they play really good D. And the offense got going, granted, against North Carolina's defense. But Drew Pine's starting to feel more comfortable. This guy's got a 5-0 ratio since he took over as a starting QB. Audric Estime running the ball better. But this is the same BYU team, basically. As the one last year that beat Utah, beat Arizona State, uh, beat Washington State, beat all those teams last year, uh, they just haven't been playing up to their level the last couple of weeks. If they can get healthier at the wide receiver position, which I think they will be, but they'll be healthier there than they were for Oregon, then they're a dangerous team. So I think it's going to be a great game, a fun one to watch at night. I do think Notre Dame escapes with a close win. I, to, to, to Wayne's point, Phil, I, I don't trust either one of these teams. And you put it on a neutral site. I, I just I don't know what you're going to get in Vegas Saturday night. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, it should be. Uh, speaking of a lot of fun, let's talk about Kansas State. Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn, when those two guys wow. get it going, K-State's a lot of fun. I know they tripped up at home against Tulane. And by the way, Tulane's got a pretty solid football team, if anybody watched that game against Houston uh, last week. But Kansas State on the road at Iowa State, Ames at night can get a little dicey, Phil. K-State's a two-point favorite. What do you think? Yeah, and Iowa State was uh, was dis- they disappointed. I thought they would beat Baylor at home, and they were down the majority of the game. And then last week against Kansas, they did have a 313 to 213 yard edge. They did have a 20 to 10 first down edge. But special teams is killing this team. They can't even kick a field goal. They missed three field goals last week, and of course, that's one of K-State's Strength. So I think special teams, you give the game to K-State. But uh, this uh, circle the wagons game, I think, for Iowa State. They're at home. They're 3-2. and two. They need a win to stay in it. They're dangerous in Ames, Iowa, and I love their defense. They're giving up just 255 yards per game this year. Do you know they're holding opponents to 176 yards below their season average, which is the third best mark in the country? Meanwhile, K-State giving up 370 yards per game. So uh, I think Hunter Deckers will be able to throw the football here. Uh, Iowa State's got the better defense in at home. I'm going to go with the home dog in this one. Wow. It looks good on paper. Texas A&M at Alabama. We know that that I don't know if we know what the injury update on uh, on Bryce Young is. Um, Jimbo Fisher might drop to three and three. As a matter of fact, I fully expect it. Um, there's there's a lot uh, surrounding this game. I expect Alabama to win, Phil. But um, I'm just curious what you think about that, and then maybe about what Jimbo's done at Texas A&M. It seems like he's underachieved. Uh, I think they have underachieved, uh, but I I really think if Jimbo's around next year, Texas A&M is going to be a legitimate title contender next year. Now, this year their offense has really struggled. Uh, Anaya Smith going out hurts them because he was their top weapon at wide receiver. Uh, The Max Johnson, Haynes King thing hasn't worked out. Neither one has really been overpowering, and that offense has been below average. Now, defensively they could play good, but they end up breaking at the end of the game when, you know, like the Mississippi State game, you give up a blocked field goal for a touchdown, uh, and all of a sudden the game turns from 14-6 to 6 to 21-3, to 3, and then they're in the hole and they give up a lot. Going into Alabama is not going to be a good situation. 
Alabama's playing with revenge. They're at home. A lot of talk about the stuff in the offseason. And frankly, Alabama's just got a really good team, both offensively and defensively. And I think AM's uh, defense will keep them in the game for a little bit, but that offense concerns me. So you got to like Bama to win this one. I got Bama winning this one, something like 38 to 10. And uh, like I said, I think Jimbo's doing a good job there. And I think if. If they can get through this season and not have it turned disastrous, and I think they can get it turned around and finish out well, watch out for Texas A&M next year. I, I feel I feel like that's a nice tease for the 2023 uh, College Football Preview <laughs> Magazine, Phil. I like that. I like that. Uh, ACC at night, Florida State at NC State, huge swing game for these two teams, Phil. Somebody's yes. going to be five and one. Somebody's going to be four and two, and and that just makes all the difference for these two programs, especially Florida State trying to get back up. Respectability, tough loss for the Knowles at home to a good Wake Forest team last Saturday. NC State obviously lost at Clemson. So what, what do you make of these two teams both coming off of losses a week ago? Yeah, I think both teams heading into last week were thinking they had a shot at 6-0 and after this game. Uh, but now they both are off a disappointing loss. So I think that favors the home team. You look at NC State, they were in Death Valley. And if you watch the game, you know that that crowd was – Magnificent. That was a tremendous crowd, tremendous defense, and DJ Uyunglele is playing tremendous. Uh, I thought NC State gave it a battle. Uh, Clemson got a late score. It was only 13-10 at the half. In fact, NC State led 10-7 in that environment. Now they're back at home. They've got the advantage. They've done very well against Florida State at home. And Florida State last week uh, had their opportunities. I mean, they were at home against Wake Forest, but all of a sudden, boom, they're down 28-7 to and rallied back to only lose by 10. But I just think with the defense NC State has, the accomplished quarterback in Devin Leary, uh, I like NC State to win this one by probably about a touchdown at home. So I like the Wolfpack minus the points. All right, Phil. I, Oregon uh, has kind of found its its footing. Bo Nix is actually playing really, really well. Um, they go to take on an up uh, upcoming Arizona team um, in the desert that's, that's playing some pretty good football for them. Uh, the number's 13. I, I, I think Oregon's going to win. I'm just wondering if, if Arizona can keep it close. Uh, I think Arizona will put some points on the board. Uh, they've got an explosive offense. Jaden Delora's got a 14-6 ratio. Jacob Cowing, the pickup from UTEP, is great. Uh, Tatoria McMillan, the true freshman, keeps getting more and more action. Uh, they threw for 495, but that was against Colorado. Uh, they've sort of been an up-and-down team. They had a really good game against San Diego State, bad game against Mississippi State. Really good game against North Dakota State, bad game against Cal. Really good game against Colorado. That means it might be time for a bad game. Oregon's <laughs> a team that last year uh, beat Arizona 41-19. to They're capable of winning on the road. They're explosive on offense, good on defense. I'm going to have to side with the Ducks to win this one by two touchdowns or more. Uh, Phil, one of the higher totals of the weekend, right? Oregon, Arizona, sitting around like 70, 71. A lot of points in the desert. I love it. it should, yeah, it should be a lot of points for sure. Uh, hey, hey, Steven, do you, I know you're, you're going to – I just – there's some other games that are out there. Fire away, um, buddy. Come some, on. Well, there's some 4-1 and one teams that are just hovering outside the top 25. Um, Iowa at Illinois, North Carolina at Miami, and Ooh. Purdue at Maryland. Um talk about all of them you can talk about one of them i don't mind but i, I think those are some intriguing matchups good games yeah illinois is a team you have to watch uh, illinois has got yeah. a strong defensive line i mean they held wisconsin a two yards rushing last week they've got the quarterback and tommy devito they can run the football it's a brett bielema offense they went in with wisconsin out wisconsin them and 
that got a coach fired, believe it or not, Paul Christ. <laughs> so uh, I think when you took it to Illinois, they're legit. Their only loss was at Indiana, a game where they sort of controlled the game but lost it on turnovers. However, I was a tremendous underdog, and I will never doubt Coach Ferentz. They play well on the road. Uh, this is an all-or-nothing game for Iowa. If they lose this game, they've got Ohio State on deck. Their season's over. They have no more luck in the West. And this is a game where Illinois is now getting all the attention. So I'm going to take Iowa plus the points in that one. Uh, in the Miami-North Carolina game, I think when you look at Miami, they are off two really bad games. But they're off a bye, so they should get that corrected. Tyler Van Dyke will be at QB as an extra week to work with that offense. I think he gets stuff corrected. Love what he did last year at North Carolina. They've got the defensive advantage. I think offensively they can stay with Drake May, who's been phenomenal this year. I'll take Miami at home. And with the uh, the Maryland game this week, uh, it's I find it tough. to. I mean, Maryland's laying a bunch of points to a Purdue team that just plays well as a dog. Purdue upset Minnesota last week. Aiden O'Connell's back at QB. Remember, he missed that Florida Atlantic game. If you look at their two losses this year, they lost to Penn State on a late touchdown by four. They lost to Syracuse on a last-second touchdown by three. They're inches away from being 5-0. and oh. I think that's going to be a tremendous game in the Big Ten. Can't really pick a team there, but I'll call for Maryland to win the game outright. Uh, Phil, last week you gave us Louisiana plus nine against South Alabama as your off-the-board selection of the week. And what did the Raging Cajuns do? They lost with dignity, Phil. They lost with dignity. They lost at home by three. No shame in that. No shame when you're a nine-point underdog losing by three. Is there a game on, on the week six board, Phil, that catches your eye outside the top 25? I was disappointed that game didn't go to overtime and Louisiana pull it out in overtime, though, Stephen. I, I was hoping they'd win We can't get greedy here, Phil. We can't get greedy. I know. I know. <laughs> there is a game I'm looking at, Stephen. I think there's great line value in it. Take me there. <laughs> it's uh, it's in the MAC. Yes. And, uh, and we're going to take a look at uh, Miami of Ohio against Kent State. Kent State's laying six points in this game. Now, if you follow Miami of Ohio at all throughout the last five years, you know that uh, their head coach, Chuck Martin, mails it in in the non-conference. And then once the MAC season rolls around, it's a different story. They're 20-5 and five in the MAC the last five years. Now, they did lose their quarterback, Brett Gabbert, but Avion Smith has looked good. He's thrown the football well, and he's a dangerous runner. So their offense is just fine. Last year when they played Kent, it was the final game of the season. Winner goes to the MAC championship game. Loser stays home. It's in overtime. Miami scores a tying touchdown. They go for two and just miss it. So they're playing with legitimate revenge. They're at home. They're getting six. The home team is 7-1 and one straight up in this series, 6-2 and two against the spread. Martin is dynamic in the MAC. Now, last week they lost to Buffalo, but once again, if you're watching the game, Buffalo's last drive, they come down the field. Miami's winning. Miami's up. Miami's up. Buffalo settles for the game-tying field goal. Penalty on Miami. They go and get the touchdown in with 38 seconds left in the game and beat them by four. That's a series where the home team always wins. This is a series where the home team always wins. Must win for Miami. A loss here, they're done. They'll have two MAC losses in the East. Kent State will have the tiebreaker over on top of it. It's an all-or-nothing game. I'm taking Miami plus six, and you could probably play the money line on this one, Stephen, as well, because I think Miami wins this one outright. Jaeger Stadium. You, I, I mean, I'm there, Phil. I'm there. By the way, I, you always post the picture of your TVs, the wall of TVs, when they're all happening at one time. How do you handle the games that are on ESPN Plus or like Peacock? Like, how do you handle the stream games? Do those go on a pad, or do you have like little Roku fire sticks? How does that work for you? 
Yeah, him on the, uh, the, I've got a couple of computers next to my desk. So not only am I trying to keep track of 12 games on TV, <laughs> now you've got all these games on the side. But I think this weekend there's only 56 games overall. I think 51 on Saturday. So I don't think there's a too many game, too many times where there's going to be, uh, you know, 15, 16 games on. That's amazing. Phil, you're the best, man. I could do this for another hour, but uh, I got to give Wayne his airtime, so I got to let you go, buddy. <laughs> it's, it's all that prima donna's contract, huh? Yeah, these quarterbacks. Yes, sir. It's these quarterbacks, <laughs> Phil. It's these quarterbacks. Thank you so much, buddy. We'll do it next week. Hey, a lot of fun as always. Have a great weekend, gentlemen. And we shall. Thanks, that, Phil. That is our man, Phil Steele. Follow him on Twitter, at PhilSteele042. There's still time. There's still time. If you don't already have the College Football Preview magazine, it's October. Like, just just go get one, okay? Just go to Barnes & Noble, take care of it. Yeah. Uh, that is our man, Phil Steele. Also, philsteele.com, uh, for those of you out there surfing the, uh, the World Wide Web, you can go and check out his page. Uh, before we go any further, Wayne, we are going to get to your who's hot, who's not quarterback discussion. Uh, I do want to let Serberg chime in here. We've got some new reviews, including one that, that refers to you by name. So I, I think it's only fair if uh, if Cerber's still on headset that we that we read the latest reviews. We had a phenomenal week. College sports now is just racking up the numbers. Thank you everybody out there for listening, leaving reviews, giving us the five star ratings. Cerber, uh, what do, what do we have? What, what do we have? Because we got some new reviews. I want to get the audience to. Uh, I, I want them to hear these. They're just so good. Okay, let's see here. Um, I want to make sure I get uh, as many of the most recent. We've got two more recent ones, right? I think that's where I'm where we're going. I'll, I'll start with the first five star review from Dirtbags Unite. Dirtbags CSN crossover five stars. I've been meaning to write my my review, but had to stop three minutes into the pod to come right at the moment. Hartzell assumed L. Pato was the president of Georgia Tech. Love the show with Roddy and Gojo, Wayne hijacking the midweek, Phil Steele, and of course, Felder Fridays. And can't leave out my guy, internet sensation El Cerberino. Keep it up, guys. Thank you, Dirtbags Unite. Um, another five-star review from H. Bradbury. Good stuff. The banter between Wayne, Hartzell, and Cerber is fantastic. Wayne brings the West Coast perspective, which is different than most other podcasts. Wayne, how much did you pay him to write that review? Yeah, Wayne, your brother <laughs> left a review. Way to go. The Cook family chiming so, in you here. You know what? It's everything I've been telling you guys. is it's There is bias out there. It's real. Okay? It's real. I'm here for the truth. By the way, uh, Angel Cabrera, the president of Georgia Tech, there is no relation between him <laughs> and the former Masters and U.S. Open champ, whose nickname is El Pato. I actually Angel. learned that yes. uh, he's in – He's rotting away in an Argentinian prison right now for some pretty yes. bad stuff. Come again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, apologies to the uh, El Presidente of uh, of the Institute down there in Atlanta. I thought that you were the same guy who is, uh, you know, got a green jacket, but not invited to the Masters uh, Champions Dinner because he's rotting away in an Argentinian jail cell. You hate to see it. By the way, speaking of golf, Wayne, you know, me yeah. and Cerber have a tea time tomorrow morning. When this show no drops, sure when this show sure drops, do. when it's in your nice. feed, me and Serbs will be, you know, just, I don't know if we're going to be on the same team because uh, it's it's me and another guy who's decent versus uh, Serber and his buddy who are, you know, like new school bad. hacks. We're bad. So we're I don't bad. know how are you guys we're going to Are you giving them strokes? I think we're going to pair up one of the decent guys with one of the hacks and then just, you know, start pounding Straight White up. Claws and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's the way to go. No work That's tomorrow. You guys get the day off. 
Well, we take a well, day we off, work, Wayne. We have to work on Saturdays, oh, right. dude. Yeah, we have to work Saturday, so we, I mean, we take on, a day man. during Take the it week, easy, so. buddy. We're not working 80-hour <laughs> weeks, dude. Listen, I st- I'll still be working tomorrow, though. Like, I'm not off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet about this show. I got I got coaches shows tomorrow for other schools. You know, Brewing Insider's off the table tonight because uh, my man Wayne Cook's going to take care of us in L.A. Be- but, be- between but I got this stuff show? to do all days. But I'm going to take a few hours for myself, and I've been nice. visualizing my tee shot at the first hole. It's I all need, downhill, Wayne. There's a little creek that runs about halfway. Oh. But I think I don't think I can reach it. I don't think I, it's a par five. I don't think I can reach it. So I've just right. been visualizing drivers stripe down the freaking it's a big part of the game. For the it's past a big part of the game. He, so I want I want some pictures. I want some videos. I want stuff going. I want you to post it through all the listeners right now want to see. They want to see a swing of El Cerberino. They need to see it. Okay. Hartzell, I'm assuming your swing's silky smooth. You probably hold your you follow through and sit there for a couple I, minutes. I got like listen, a, I got a like a sev- I got like a 70 mile an hour club head speed, bro. Ha- Just listen, super Listen, here's slow. the thing. Hartzell Hartzell's a pretty good golfer. That's embarrassing. Hartz, yeah. No, Hartzell's a pretty good golfer. Uh, probably second best in the office, I would say. Second or third best. Um, but my man had some trouble getting off the tee the last time we went out there. Like, it was... With that not, swing speed. I was I mean, like... What kind of a... Do you have an extra flexible like shaft? It, like, because you swing he, he so took slow, a breakfast I mean, ball. I thought he was going to come up you, and nail it after his really woeful first attempt. And it was just bad. I don't... It was bad. He was having trouble. <laughs> yeah. I I know he's got it in him. I I would rather you swing harder and be terrible than than swing 70. I mean, that's like. I'm exaggerating for effect, Wayne. But listen, Serber's right, man. I I hadn't picked up a golf club in eight weeks. I mean, I'm on the tee box and it just just wasn't there. Just wasn't there. It came together by the end of the round, though. You got better by the end of the round. Yeah, my man hit a birdie to win the match. Oh, dude! On eighteen, the the, the echoes are still reverberating. Did he? They're still reverberating around. How long was the putt? It's like probably eighteen footer. Had about. I would say fifteen to eighteen. Did you like walk it in? Nah, I did the putter toss. Boom! I mean, just it was it was (laughs) spectacular. See, we need we need. We need to see this. This stared, is great content. my opponent in the face and then collected 10 crisp dollar bills, baby. Nice. Yeah, high stakes. Rolling in it. Uh, let's talk quarterback study. Uh, Wayne, we gave you homework no. because you're like, dude, I just I want more time. Like, I just want to break down these quarterbacks. I got so much I want to say. So we gave you a study, yeah. uh, or a segment, rather, quarterback study. Who's hot? Who's not? You already said that. DTR is the guy who's hot, so we know that. He is. Yeah. Can we, yeah, can yeah, we yeah. throw some shade on somebody? Like who's underperforming? No. Well, we will. We will. But I want you to. I want you to listen to this for a second. There are two games, and I know that you mentioned that um, we have uh, Kansas and TCU is is got college game day, which is awesome, by the way. And if you, uh, you know, Kansas isn't necessarily a team that I'm like dying to watch on TV. But I love the story this year. I absolutely love it. And if you go and just watch Jalen Daniels play, he's, he's – and again, I'm looking at QBR right now. Like, it's a little bit different than passing efficiency. Um, but QBR has Jalen Daniels at number one in the nation, and it has Max Duggan at number three with C.J. Stroud kind of right in the middle. Dude, right in the Duggan, middle Duggan's Even though, a player, man. That guy's dude, awesome. So you're going to get to watch – in the two biggest games of the weekend, you're going to get to watch four top ten quarterbacks because you're going to include Cam Rising sitting at six for Utah and Dorian Thompson-Robinson sitting at seven. So you've got the one, the three playing against each other, and the six and seven. And other quarterbacks on this list, by the way, of QBR, C.J. Stroud, 
Drake May, Hendon Hooker, like all Caleb Williams is right behind Dorian Thompson Robinson, Bryce Young's at nine, and Stetson Bennett's at ten. I mean, this there are some really good quarterbacks. And there's others like right below them that are also playing really, really well for QBR. I mean, some big name guys, Jordan Travis, JJ McCarthy, Bo Nix, Spencer Sanders, Aiden O'Connell, like all guys we know. These are all names. But you get to watch four of the top eight, really the top seven. Um, playing against each other. So to me, all of those guys are hot. I actually feel bad about what I'm about to say, and it's because you guys know I get worked up about. I don't like it when a guy comes into, uh, we're going to go to the who's not hot right now. I don't like it when guys come into college with such huge reputations that they start talking about Heisman before they even play, whether it's DJ Uyunglele back in the day or whether it's even, by the way, I know he's playing really well right now and I'm very happy for him. Um, but Quinn Ewers, like he comes in and I know he's hurt right now, but like the idea that that he was, you know, anointed the next great thing uh, before he's really even played. I, I like to actually see guys actually do it on the field first uh, before I anoint them. One of those players is Spencer Rattler. I know that, that um, he was defended by the great Phil Steele. Um, and I'm okay with that, but let's be honest. And I know his situation maybe isn't the greatest, but he has absolutely not lived up to expectations um, so far. And, and you know, it's to me, um, I, it's just going to get tougher. I don't know what's going on with South Carolina, but he's a really big name. And I know there's other ones that we keep wanting to say, you know, they're, they're maybe doing better than they are. But I always worry about quarterbacks when I watch them play that never um, – they don't seem to grow. They seem to be one-read guys or guys that lock in on receivers too much. And, and, I, and I, I really need to see – I'm not trying to bag on Spencer Rattler, but he just is going to have to take a, a, another step. And, and what happens a lot of times with players with that much talent, because he's got arm talent and, and he moves fine, is he'll end up getting drafted based on all the expectations and then we'll wonder why, you know, it never works out because, um, you know, he's just got to figure it out to be honest with you. So, um, and I, can I mention one more guy that I pointed out on this list? That's going to be fun to watch moving forward. Yeah, please. Um, Bo Nix. Bo Nix is a guy that like, if you've been paying attention to Oregon, he's actually playing pretty good football. He's avoiding the mistakes. He's, he's using his legs. I think they're using him the right way. Um, so he's a guy that I kind of want to keep an eye on. And then you mentioned another guy earlier, and I know I'm just I'm just throwing out names right now. Uh, but another guy, Spencer Sanders uh, for Oklahoma State, is a guy that when you watch him play, I think Phil pointed out he's not making the mistakes. Um, that to me is is a sign of growth and a guy that has talent. He can run, he can throw, and he's he's getting better. And it just feels like Oklahoma State's a team that nobody ever wants to talk about. And I just feel like they've been a good football team for a long time. They, I mean, he's he, they've just been a solid football team for a long time. So he, he's going to be fun to watch going forward, too. Here's the thing about Bo Nix. And, and, and Auburn fan, you know, it probably drives off the road every time he hears that name because he knows, Auburn fan, he or she, knows that you get good Bo or you get bad Bo. And Oregon has gotten good Bo. For the most part, I mean, he was the leading the rusher. Part. He was the leading rusher in the Stanford game. I mean, the guy yeah. was doing it with uh, with his arms and his legs last Saturday. But here's the thing, man: <sighs> away from home, so home now being Eugene, right. Bo Nix right. is a different. He he, he had right. these splits when he was at Auburn too. At home, he had like a Superman cape. On the road, the guy was a turnover machine. 
And I know Oregon's only played two road games this year. One of them was against Georgia, and obviously things got out of hand. But the other one was against Washington State. He throws that horrible pick six in the red zone. I know Oregon came back to win the game. The Ducks were also aided by a pick six of their own late in the right. fourth quarter. All I'm saying, man, and we brought this up with Phil, it's the one of the latest games of the night. Oregon at Arizona Saturday night, yeah. just, man, just be careful. Like, And Spencer Sanders is the same way. That guy, he can be a yep. turnover machine. He he's done it against Baylor. He did it in the Big Twelve Championship game. The the dude threw four picks. I mean, ultimately, yep. or, uh, Oklahoma State still had first and goal at the one in the final minute and could have punched it in. But still, yep. I th- those guys for me, Wayne. And yes, I'm a harsh grader. And no, I never played the position. Okay, so you can take this for you know for what it's worth. But those guys give me PTSD. Like I just I, I don't do, trust right? them. Right? I just so, don't trust them. <clears throat> So can I can I go back to I know this is the DTR show. That was Dorian Thompson Robinson. It, he was the he was the type of player his first couple of years that I just couldn't trust him. Yeah, I mean he he's, he's, in his, he's, he's he playing gonna, he's he's in his could, eighth year of college he's football. In his, right? Yeah, he is. But what's happened to him? And it started uh, over the last three years, really. If you go back to the COVID year and then last year and this year, he just keeps getting better. And I truly believe that some quarterbacks, like they have their light bulb moments where they just kind of start seeing the game better. And all quarterbacks, you see in the NFL too, where guys early on just aren't seeing the game the right way. And then eventually they, they kind of get it. Like the light bulb goes on and they kind of get it. And now obviously a lot of this has to do with the team they're on and the talent around them and all that stuff because that matters too. But I, I really hope that when I talk about, I'll, I'll throw Adrian Martinez into this into this conversation too because he's another guy that gives you PTSD, right? And so when you talk about Bo Nix and Spencer Sanders and PTSD, we all see the talent. It's coaching at some point, and it's their willingness to want to get better. And it's it's funny because like Dorian Thompson Robinson, for example, he used to run backwards all the time, and he would lose he would he would lose 15 yards sometimes on sacks. And he would just do things. Now, when he backpedals, he throws the ball away. He he just he knows how to not have those really negative plays, and he's just gotten so much better at it. And so, you know, maybe we need to see more. But right now, Bo Nix, Adrian Martinez, and Spencer Sanders are actually doing a heck of a job. And if they're coached well, and they're not going to play hero ball, because that's what happens with athletic quarterbacks. They start playing hero ball, and they start trying to do too much. And, and, it, and it costs them. Sometimes you just have to take the, the you have to throw the ball away. Sometimes you just have to scramble and get one yard. You just you just kind of start avoiding those negative plays, and you're amazed at how that helps your team win if you've got a good team around you. And all three of those Oregon, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State all are pretty good teams, and they all have pretty good coaches. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see. But I I like those guys right now. And uh, yes, there's some PTSD, but let's see. It's just I'm going to give him the benefit of doubt at this point. We're just going to have to watch him going forward. By the way, one of the guys that you mentioned, I mean, he's starting to get some press. Uh, Max Duggan at TCU, right? The Horned Frogs are undefeated. I mean, he was carving up Oklahoma on Saturday. You know who his offensive coordinator is, right? In Fort Worth. It's It's the little brother of Lincoln. It's Garrett. Garrett, yeah, but who's Garrett, the head coach at TCU? The head coach right at TCU is Sonny Dykes, but the guy drawing up the plays is the I little know. brother of Lincoln Riley. I say that because there are a lot That's of Power Five coaches right, or That's a lot of Power Five programs right now looking for the next best thing. Do you and think Sonny I'm, Dykes does a pretty good job with quarterbacks? So? Does it, he's he is he's 
it's a, it's He's amazing to me how TCU <laughs> made such a great hire yeah, in that spot because yeah. not only do, do yeah. you shed Gary Patterson and the fact that like you Wayne not a fan of NIL not a fan of just like taking right. care of these kids like he stuck in the past and then you get this Sonny Dykes guy <laughs> from SMU who's like you know what we're going to hang half a hundred on everybody and and immediately TCU they they put at least 35 points up in every game this season they're fun to watch and i'm just telling you man like this 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 guy Garrett Riley i think he's like Man, I want to say he's like 35 years old, man. He's a baby. He's he's young. I'm not saying he's the next best thing, but in terms of, you know, some of these these programs that are looking for, you know, hey, we need, we need the yes. next great play yep. caller out there because we're not going to out-recruit Clemson and Alabama and Georgia and Texas A&M. Well, they're out there, man. You just got to find them. Can, can we go back to the flyby that just that just happened? I, I, I'm not. NIL doesn't bother me when Bryce Young is on Fansville and on, on commercials because that's what it's intended that to be. That dude can act, by the way. I mean, am He's I wrong, good, sir? Right? I mean, sir, I love you, the, you've got all the Fansville episodes taped. I mean, dude. you're you're a diehard Fansville guy. I mean, he's he, he, he he's magnetic on the dude. screen. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, um, yeah. He's, 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 he's almost a better actor. Um, not that he's acting, those are documentary <laughs> clips, but, um, he just, he photographs so damn well. He's like Marlon Brando out there. I mean, the guy's, he's, he's just magnetic. I can't take my eyes where off he him. Comes, where he comes, where he lives with the family and the yeah. son comes home. Yeah. That's great. That's one of them. But that's to me, NIL. He's a star and he's, and he's being sponsored. He got a job because he's a star. That's name, image, and likeness. To me, that's what that is. I don't like. The only thing I don't like is is alumni just being able to pay players to show up. That bo- that bothers me, and that's that'll be corrected. You know, that's coming down at some point in time. That'll be corrected. But no, I'm. I, Caleb Williams has a commercial that I don't know if it airs nationally, but he does a hydration commercial out here in L.A. where he's throwing passes to people, um, and it's it's a great commercial. And it's Caleb Williams, and you know what? That's name, image, and likeness. He's 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 sponsoring a product because people know his name. I have zero problem with that. So please, I know you 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 think I'm this old curmudgeon, you know, you know, old man shakes fist at cloud guy, but I, I I'm all for that. I'm I'm okay with all that stuff. I just don't like paying players to show up at your school. By the way, That's I'm all. look I'm looking this up in real time because I didn't watch USC Arizona State last Saturday. All right, uh, yes, USC committed their first turnover of the season. Uh, they also yeah. got one from ASU, so they're still plus fourteen in turnover margin. Yeah. I'm just telling you, man. Well, can, USC, I, can I tell you something? Here? I, I'm not crowning them just yet, Wayno. I'm not crowning them just yet. Well, they have to they have to shore up some defensive issues. But I'll say this about Arizona State: they put pressure on Caleb Williams all night, and they couldn't get him. Like, so if you actually would go back and watch that game, and this is something that was frustrating because I'm trying not to like him. I'm trying to be like, yeah, he's not that good. He's not that good. No, he is. He is like, very good. I'm just saying really you, you've watched enough football to know that a plus 14 really turnover margin is not sustainable. Oh, yeah. That's all. No. Oh, yeah, you're right. And I, I think they do have their they do have their issues. But to be honest with you, you know, we could talk about Utah and Oregon. And you, I, I think there's a four there's a four team at the top of the top of the Pac-12. I think it's Utah, Oregon, UCLA and USC. Um, and by the way, isn't it? Well, I'll, I'll make that point later. But Caleb Williams is the real deal because he's got so many weapons around him. 
But you can't tackle the guy. He's so strong. You get your hands on him, and he pulls away from you, and he, and he, he can throw on the run, but he can also take off and beat you with his legs too. So he's pretty legit. I, I think it's the other side of the ball that they're just going to have to you know, figure out a way to outscore people when they get the, uh, the better opponents. But I am going to throw a little shade at, at some of the happenings over the last couple of years. Isn't it funny that when Texas and we didn't even talk about it, right? Texas and Oklahoma, which is kind of funny with Phil. They're both sitting there at three and two, and these are the you know the first defectors going to the, the, the mighty Texas and the mighty Oklahoma are going to the SEC. Who would you want, the two three and two teams or the two five and O teams going to the Big Ten? Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. Listen, man, I, I, I said this back in August. I mean, now that we've actually watched some games, I feel even better about this. But if I'm a UCLA fan and I'm looking at, you know, what's happening at places like Wisconsin. I mean, the entire, listen, the entire Big Ten West, Phil said it. It's abysmal. Yes. I mean, it is god-awful bad. Right bad. Okay? But, like, listen, outside of Ohio State and Michigan in the rare year Dude, when they can piece it together and beat the Buckeyes, man, if I'm USC or UCLA, I, I've got speed. Like, legit yeah. speed. And the rest of the yeah. Big Ten just doesn't. I mean, look at what Illinois I mean, is Penn doing. State's, Penn State's good this year. You know, but, like, I agree with you. I, I don't think – I mean, I now, granted, both schools, if they end up hanging on and having, you know, legitimate, you know, 10-win seasons, you know, who knows? I'm not, I'm not going to predict one of them going to a playoff or one in the conference, but they, they're both in the race. Um, you, you recruit. I mean, you're sitting there going, listen, this is, this is where we're at now, and here's where we're going. I mean, I think for both schools, I think the ability to recruit goes up. But you got to hang in there, like you said. These seasons, we we've we've co- we've all covered. All three of us have covered college football for long enough to know that seasons can take take a turn really quickly if you have the wrong injuries. If you know what I mean, you 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 can just start going in the wrong direction. So you got to keep it going. I mean, a good start's great, but a good finish is is necessary. Are you like uh, Are you like a kid the week of Christmas? Uh, Wayne, when it comes to Utah Saturday afternoon, like, are you just like, are you laying in bed at night? You're just, you're tossing and turning. You're restless. You just you can't <sighs> so, concentrate at work. I mean, you're driving off yeah, the road. You, yeah, you're I was, I was last week too. I was, I was for the Washington game too, because I didn't know, like I knew we were good, but I didn't know. Like I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And, and, and when we were up 40 to 16, I was like, man, we look as good as I've, I remember. I mean, and I've been covering UCLA football for, you know, 20 years. So for me, I look forward to the big games. Like uh, Phil talked about Utah traveling and I was at the, the Utah Rose bowl game and they, they did, they traveled unbelievably well. That was such a fun game to be at. Um, but Utah UCLA will, will be a good crowd. We had a good Friday night crowd. I, I know that people want to laugh at UCLA all the time, but that was our first real opponent. And Friday is difficult at, at UCLA cause just, it is. But we had in the 40,000s, and it was a good crowd, and they made a lot of noise. And, I, you know, for people that I know that watched it on TV, they said it sounded good. Um, it's going to be bigger than that this week. This is a huge game. I'm sure that they were on the list for possibly being a, you know, a big noon, you know, Fox show, or I know they, they, they chose something else. But, but like, this is a, this is a big game with, with some really good players. And so I imagine that the Rose Bowl for a 1230, um, you know, Pacific time game is going gonna, is gonna, gonna to be a good crowd. It's good. There's going to be Utah people there, uh, but it's going to be a really, really good crowd. And so I'm excited because it's so much fun to be in these stadiums when when 
there's a lot of people there and it's it's a good game and it's a blast so i absolutely cannot wait and you're i will i'll struggle sleeping the night before it's going to be an early rise and, and get out there uh, the morning of and i will i get jitters even after 20 years i get because I, I love these players you know i'm lucky enough to get to interview the guys and talk to them and i talked to dorian thompson robinson it feels like almost every game i just met jake bobo um because he's new to the team and i interviewed him last week and i absolutely love him duke thank you so much for letting us have him um and i so you start rooting for him so when you're on the field and you're rooting on the team you know you have these guys that you get to talk to and you want them to win so bad but the emotions are crazy like even last week at the uh at the washington game when they started coming back in the fourth quarter yeah you start having these and and you you remember kaylin DeBoer. At Fresno State, did the same thing to you the year before. You start getting a little, a little tight. So it it's a ton of fun. But yes, I will be I will be excited and worked up and and all the all the stuff that you should feel before a for, big game. For those that don't know, I've I've hung out with Wayne uh, when we've done you know some of our national championship shows and stuff. I've been around him enough to have seen this in person. Wayne may have a tough time sleeping on Friday night, but he's going to wake up Saturday morning and consume 120 ounces of hot coffee. <laughs> This guy is an is you're an addict. I mean, I only drink it in the morning. No, now slow down. I do. I do have coffee before the show because I I just need to pick me up after teaching all day. But I do drink coffee in the morning. I I, I usually get a venti pike black coffee every morning. I mean, are me and Cerber not enough for you, Wayne? You need the drug. Do you guys not drink coffee? I drink coffee before the sun rises. Yeah, you drink and alcohol before to, our show. That's no, what you that's drink. not true. In this, <laughs> six, you always sound so tired. In the six, yeah, dude, you want to chase these kids around for a day? Please be my guest. Are you kidding me? I mean, I had to fold laundry before the show tonight. That's my life, okay? But listen, man, like you, I, I, I had to get on a headset before a UCLA broadcast a couple Saturdays ago. I think it was the South Alabama game. And, and Wayne sounded like he was just breathing fire. I mean, you had been shot out of a cannon. I mean, I, I could I could smell the coffee on your breath from 3,000 miles away. You're, you're going to laugh at this. So I go on with the great uh, Bill Riley earlier in this week. Um, he's Love the Bill. ESPN. Friend of the program. Yeah, yeah he's, he's so the, great. He's the voice of the he, Utes. Yeah. so great. And after he, he came on and said something, and I think he might have mentioned attendance, and my first three minute, just, just absolute, just I was, I was breathing fire. He goes, Wayne. He goes, what's, what's going on, man? I've just been feisty lately. I've just been really like, kind of like, I maybe it's because UCLA is good, and I'm just like on edge because I wanted to keep that way. But like, I'm just tired of the disrespect and all that stuff, and I don't know why I feel like this is a fight I have to fight. But I'm I'm I am I'm a little on edge. I need to I need to relax a little bit. Maybe I maybe I go half and half with like like maybe a little decaf. Maybe I maybe I tone it down. Yeah, it, they, you know what they call that in the industry. I mean, I used to work at Starbucks a long time ago. You know what they call that? They call that half calf, baby. Half calf. Half calf. Half calf. Yeah, little yeah. little. You worked at Starbucks. You, I, we, have I not told you this? Oh, you're such a yuppie. What, is, what dude? I was. Hang on a sec. I was. I was a starving, like minimum wage earning dude out of college. He was a barista, Wayne. Hang on a sec. I wasn't yes, just a barista. I had a black apron. I was a shift supervisor. I was a coffee master. Okay, I took my job wow. very seriously. In fact, I was even in charge of the. <laughs> I was in charge of the deposits, bro. They sent me to the bank Gosh. every day. 
With thousands yeah, of dollars. Yeah, because you were the, you're the one they could afford to have robbed and killed. That's why. <laughs> I take coffee very seriously. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story. Very quick story. You ever roll up to a Starbucks drive-thru and treat people like crap? You know what's happening to your coffee. You're getting decaf every time. Oh, yeah. Decaf coffee, decaf espresso. All it takes is one push of the button. You're getting a decaf $8 drink, not what you think you're getting. Treat people nice. Just don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. And this is is before we unionized, Wayne. Okay? Yeah, I got you. We, by the way, you guys will like this. You pay your dues. Dude, best part about Starbucks, and and this is real, you, you could get a free pound of coffee a week. It was like part of your employee, like, it wasn't a benefit, but it was like, uh, like, it was like one of the perks, like you know, pardon the pun. So at one point in my house, I'm not going to lie, guys. I had about 150 bags of Jesus. coffee, just wow. pounds of one a week. It was just free partner mark out. Bang, 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 bang. One a week. And like holiday time. I mean, I'd just be handing. I just I, I mean, I'd just be rolling out of there with <laughs> just duffel bags. It. Yeah, dude. Just coffee beans for days. Folks, that's the show. I, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for leaving reviews. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of what was an awesome month of September. Let's keep it rolling here in October. Wayne always calls me at least once a month. It never fails. Hey, man, how we doing? How are the stats? What's the feedback? What are you hearing from the corner office? I'm like, Wayne, we're good, buddy. Just focus. Just keep eyes on the prize, man. Just focus, all right? Just, just, just keep it locked in, okay? Good stuff, boys. For Phil Steele, for Wayne Cook, for Michael Serber, I'm Stephen Hartzell. When you hear this, me and Serbs are going to be going low on the links. Thanks for listening. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.